whatever time you're listening to this i hope you are well and thank you for clicking the link to listen god bless you okay let's say what a prayer together heavenly father thank you for your goodness your kindness your grace towards us father be glorified in jesus name lord we pray that as we share your word together this moment we pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation from the knowledge of christ and the true knowledge of christ rest upon us in jesus name thank you heavenly father because you give us understanding in the mighty name of jesus thank you lord god in jesus name amen okay so today i'll be sharing with you on this topic called who i am in christ who i am in christ for many years i didn't understand what the divine nature meant i didn't understand what my identity is and i struggled with trying to gain righteousness through works because i didn't have an understanding of who i am in christ and now I understand that I am a co-heir with Christ. I am one with Christ. Christ is in me and I am in Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, in the Amplified Classic Version, it says, And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint sitting with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. I am one with Christ and my identity is Christ. I have no other identity outside Christ. For me to really know my true identity, I need to know what Christ's identity is according to scriptures. Without this, I will continue to struggle with seeing myself in the flesh when I should actually be seeing myself in Christ. (laughs) So the answer I need to rest concerning my real identity is in Christ because Christ and I are already joined as one spirit, inseparable because I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 in the Amplified Classic Version says, Therefore, if any man is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. When I am engrafted in Christ, that is, when I, when I receive the life of Jesus, I become a new creation, the old man has passed away the old man has died with christ and the new creation is the new man who is now alive in christ the old order has passed away and it's a new order in christ now the old order cannot return because jesus did away with it by his blood Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12 in the Amplified Classic Version says, It went once for all, 
he went once for all i'm saying that again for the purpose of emphasis he went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves by which to make reconciliation between god and man but his own blood having found and secured a complete redemption and everlasting release for us praise the lord i also cannot be one with the old man or old order anymore because jesus found and secured a complete redemption and everlasting release for me it's a complete redemption and everlasting release that was secured by jesus so it's everlasting and complete and it cannot be made incomplete or terminated scripture says it's a complete redemption and everlasting release this means i am released forever from the broken fellowship with god that comes through sin for which the high priest used to have to make atonement for the people through the blood of calves bulls and goats this means that if for any reason i sin against god it doesn't affect my redemption and everlasting release secured by the blood of jesus <laughs> this was what, what what the people under the old covenant battled with hence they had to have the yearly ritual where the high priest made atonement for their sins and god sent his son god now sent his son god had to send his son to reconcile man to him securing a complete redemption and release from sin and its consequences so that man can have an unbroken fellowship with god and guess what this fellowship with god is biblically our communion with god the fact that we are co-heirs with christ and we share in the divine nature glory to god fellowship in the concordance bible means koinonia koinonia is spelled k-o-i-n-o-n-i-a i believe some of us are very familiar with this name koinonia and it means partnership that is literally participation okay let me go back a little fellowship means fellowship in the concordance bible is koinonia it is koinonia the actual word the original word before it was translated into english is koinonia so translating from um, greek yeah from greek to english is fellowship so the greek word for fellowship is koinonia and that's k-o-n-k-o-i-n-o-n-i-a and it means partnership that is literally participation or social intercourse or or pecuniary benefaction it means to communicate it means communion so if the greek meaning of fellowship is partnership communion communication as opposed to a gathering or association like english would mean then it means that when scripture speaks about our fellowship with god it's talking about our communion with him that is our oneness with him our identity with him our partnership with him 
1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 in the New King James Version says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The, tra- the Passion Translation says, God is forever faithful and can be trusted to do this in you. For he has invited you to co-share the life of his son, Jesus, the anointed one, our king. Do you say it's there? He has invited you to co-share the life of his son, Jesus, the anointed one, our king. That's the, the passion translation. Breaking it down further and expatiating and saying that God has invited us to co-share the life of his son. So the fellowship is sharing in the identity of Christ. Our fellowship with Christ speaks to us sharing in the life of Jesus, being co-heir with Christ, being in Christ, by being engrafted in Christ. When we receive the life of Jesus or accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it's the same thing. So Hebrews 9 verse 25 to 26 in the Passion Transition says, Under the old system, year after year, the high priest entered the most holy sanctuary with blood that was not his own. But the Messiah did not need to repeatedly offer himself year after year. For that would mean he must suffer repeatedly ever since the fall of the world. For now, he has appeared at the fulfillment of the ages to abolish sin once and for all by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus removed sin once and for all for everyone who believes in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Sin is removed once and for all. So the believer needs not pray for forgiveness of sins asking that God remove sin from him because sin was removed by the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus once and for all. Under the old system, they had to keep coming to ask for forgiveness. Under the new covenant, Jesus came and abolished sin once and for all. The believer has no sin that can stand against him. The effect of sin, which is the broken fellowship has been removed once and for all when Jesus appeared. Praise the Lord. If man continues to pray for forgiveness, it means man is still living by the old system that required continuous atonement for sins. This doesn't mean that the believer cannot sin against God, but that when the believer sins against God, what the believer needs to do is to recall that they are now a new man in Christ, joined with Christ. All things are passed away and repent. Let me take that again. What's the believer that commits a sin or does something that is wrong needs to do is to recall that he or she is now a new man in Christ, is now joined with Christ. All things are passed away and repent. 
So let's read from um, Revelation chapter 2, verse 5 in the Amplified Classic Version. It says, Remember from what height you have fallen. Repent. Change the inner man to meet God's will and do the works you did previously when you first knew the Lord, or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent repent in the greek in the greek um in greek means metanoia metanoia in english it is repent in greek it is metanoia that's m-e-t-a-o-n-o-e-o i'll take that again m-e-t-a-n-o-e-o and it means to think differently or afterwards that is to reconsider morally to feel compunction compunction it means to repent and so what the believer who trespasses need to do is to immediately begin to think differently to reconsider this was what christ sent through john to the church in ephesus when he saw that they had deviated from the teachings of christ so I'm speaking about the scripture we just read in Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. We know that as the letter of Christ to the seven churches. The church in Ephesus is one of the church that Christ wrote to through John. Praise the Lord. And so this was what he wrote to them when he saw that they had deviated from the teachings of Christ. Revelation 2 verse 4 in the Amplified Classic Version says, But I have this one charge to make against you, that you have left, abandoned the first, the love that you had at first. You have deserted me, your first love. Verse 5 says, Remember then from the hi- remember then from what heights you have fallen, repent, change, repent in bracket, change the inner man to meet God's will. And do the works you did previously when you first knew the Lord, or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent. This is what the believer has to do when he or she sins against God, which is to repent. Because praying for forgiveness brings a fresh remembrance of sin. And this was what the blood of bulls and goats could not do away with. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 3 in the Amplified Classic Version says, But as, as it is, these sacrifices annually bring a fresh remembrance of sins to be atoned for. In Christ, we don't have to pray for forgiveness. This was what was obtainable under the old covenant. Jesus is our perfect sacrifice. He abolished sin once and for all to end the yearly atonement for sin. We don't need to atone for our sins anymore. Jesus already did that. Coming to atone for our sins by coming to atone for our sins by praying for forgiveness reminds us of our sins. And this is what Jesus came to be a perfect sacrifice for. Hebrews 10 from verse 11 to 17 in the Amplified Classic Version, it says, Furthermore, every human priest stands at his altar of service, ministering daily, offering the same sacrifices over and over again, which never are able to strip off, strip from every side of us the sins that envelop us and take them away. 
Whereas this one Christ, after he had offered a single sacrifice for our sins, that shall avail for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, then to wait until his enemies should be made a stool beneath his feet. For by a single offering, listen to this part carefully. For by a single offering, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. I'll take it again. For by a single offering, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. And also the Holy Spirit had his testimony to us in confirmation of this for having said this is the agreement that i will set up and conclude with them after those days says the lord i will imprint my laws upon their hearts and i will inscribe them on their minds on their inmost thoughts and understanding it then goes on to say and their sins and law breaking i will remember no more <laughs> i take that part again it says and their sins and their law breaking i will remember no more glory to god with this understanding i have been living with no burden and no need to be careful so that i do not sin against god i've been more focused on who i am in christ what christ has done for me I've been walking in the consciousness that what I need to do if I ever fall or live or act based on a misunderstanding of the teachings of Christ, like the church in Ephesus, is to repent and return to my first love, which means to return to doing life based on what Jesus taught. Because Jesus Jesus is my first love because he first loved me. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. So God loved me first through Jesus. Jesus is my first love. Jesus is my first love. So what I have to do is repent and return to following the teachings of Christ. Praise the living Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. And this is my testimony and I'm sharing with you today. I pray that it helps you to know who you are in Christ and begin to live in that consciousness in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that um, just like the Apostle Paul prayed in, the, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, I pray that the Father of glory grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the true knowledge of christ amen thank you so much for listening god bless you bye for now